welcome to Onward in the Faith. My name is Ray Burns, and I create podcast and blog content every week, equipping Christians to approach every area of life with a biblical worldview. Today, I'll be discussing whether Christians really need to study theology. For a lot of Christians, the word theology has become a bit of a dirty word. A lot of people think of it and are bothered by the idea of studying God, as though he's some specimen that we can look at under a microscope or they get the picture of a bunch of old guys sitting in a tower just poring over old dusty books day in and day out. For other people, they may have had a really bad experience with people who study theology. They may have been beaten over the head with a bunch of facts and information, maybe even had someone be really condescending to them, and as a result, they have this idea that theology is all about arguing with people over how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. And unfortunately, it's misunderstandings like that that can create a lot of problems for how we understand what theology is and whether or not Christians actually need it. So let's actually study what theology means. Now, in the dictionary, it will simply say something like the study of God, which is kind of a point to those people who think it's this really dry, boring word. And while that's true... For Christians, those who truly have the Holy Spirit in them, those who are truly servants of Christ, it means so much more to us than just opening a book and memorizing facts. There's a term that a lot of people haven't heard, and it's called practical theology. Practical theology is often used as a replacement for theology. People will say, oh yeah, you know, we need to study theology. But what they really mean is we need to have practical theology. We need to study practical theology and make it a part of our lives. Now, what does that one mean? Well, practical theology is, in my definition, it looks at who is God and how does that understanding affect how I live my life. In other words, the more we understand God or the less we understand God, that will directly impact how we live our life, how we make our choices. And the more that we study God, and I mean truly study God, reading the Bible responsibly, listening and understanding those who came before us, talking to our pastors and otherwise Christians that we have access to today, by truly getting to know God through all the ways he's made available to us, it's impossible to study God without it directly affecting our lives. And in a way, all of us study or believe theology in one way or another. Whether it's a Christian who understands the Bible very well and has a very deep and meaningful relationship with God, whether it's a new Christian who's still learning, or a Christian who has been saved for several years and just kind of goes on about their business, in a way, even atheists have a theology that affects their lives. For them, it's that God doesn't exist, and that affects how they live their lives. But everything that we do is affected by our beliefs what we believe about God's sovereignty, his mercy, his justice, his love. On the other side, what we believe about him being cruel or absent or whether he even exists, all of it affects how we view God and therefore how we live our lives in light of that understanding. So in other words, our view of God is our theology. For example, a lot of people grow up seeing God as kind of a brutal taskmaster. He's sitting there just waiting to punish them for stepping out of line once, for not singing loud enough in church, for missing their Bible reading, for not saying their prayers correctly, for wearing the wrong item of clothing, whatever it is. They live their lives 
based around fear of this cruel deity. And by that, their lives are focused on self-preservation. They don't love God because how could you love someone like that? Instead, they are terrified and are just trying to act right and do right in order to protect themselves. On the opposite end, we have the idea that God is sort of this kindly old grandfather. He exists to make us happy. He wants nothing but the best for us. He wants us to see our hopes and dreams fulfilled. And when we see God in that way, then a lot of times we will read the Bible and talk about God really focusing on the promises, the things that we get, the benefits of going to church, praying to him, reading our Bibles, things like that. And in the extreme way, we will use the Bible as sort of a binding contract on God, saying, God, if I do this, you have promised you will do this for me. And so we kind of treat it as a genie in a bottle sort of situation. There are those, of course, who believe God just doesn't exist. And when people believe that, then they become their own gods. As followers of Christ, our greatest desire in life is for God to get glory, not us. But if you believe God doesn't exist, you're still going to bring glory to someone. It's just going to be yourself. And so those who live like God doesn't exist still worship a God. They still praise a God. They still serve a God. That God is often just themselves and what makes them happy. So in the end, our lives will reflect what it is that we believe. How we live our life is a result of what we believe about God, what we believe about our purpose, and what we believe about existence itself. And we see this in Proverbs 4.33, where it says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. So it's from our hearts, from our beliefs, from the core of who we are, that how we live our lives is going to come. And so the reality is that it's not a matter of do Christians need theology? We can't escape theology. We can't escape living our lives based on what we believe about God, what we believe about his justice, his mercy, his love, his desires for our lives. Whatever we believe about God is going to affect our lives. So we can't escape do Christians need theology, but what we can escape is bad theology. And that's because it is so important for Christians to be well-grounded in truth. We worship a God of truth. And as a result of that, we need to love truth like God loves it, because if God is truth, loving him means to love truth. In Ephesians 4, 11-14, Paul says, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors, and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. So, if you have your Bible handy, crack open Ephesians 4, 11-14, and there's just a few things I'd really like to point out about this and why it matters for our understanding of theology. So Paul starts out by talking about all these teachers and benefits that God has given us in the church. He has given us these people for a purpose. What is that purpose? It talks about to equip the saints, to prepare them, to make them ready to do something. And what is the entire purpose? What are they equipping us to do? In the end, they're equipping us to be mature, 
They're equipping us to be spiritually mature and able to understand truth, to handle the Word of God well, so that we can understand God and let that affect our lives in the proper way. And of course, we see the flip side of this and the dangers of not making this a part of our lives in 2 Timothy 4.3, where Paul says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate to themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. In other words, a well-functioning body of believers, a mature Christian, is marked by teachers who equip other believers to be mature. And then those believers will equip others to be mature, and so on and so forth. The hallmark, the very core of a functional group of Christians is, are you growing towards maturity? And as a side note, if you're not sure what it looks like to have good theology, because fully explaining what good theology is is beyond the scope of a single podcast episode, a good marker for me is this. How high does someone's theology elevate God, or how high does someone's theology elevate human beings or the person? In other words, when we have a very low view of God, when we have a small God, when we, when we have a God who's not very effective or worth following or who doesn't impact every area of our lives, then he cannot give us joy. He cannot give us identity, purpose. In a way, he can't even give us salvation. So when we find ourselves seeking pleasure, seeking comfort, seeking even salvation in other places, whether we're seeking comfort in friends or substances or entertainment, whether we are finding our identity or our purpose in things like our job, our talents, our trophies, our families, our popularity, if we're finding our salvation in our ability to do right, to do good, to obey a certain series of rules or laws— then we have a very low view of God because he alone is not enough for us. We need something more, and we are the ones that have to find it. If we have a high view of God, then it's almost like a a balancing scale. The higher we elevate God, the lower we're going to elevate ourselves. And then when we have that high God, everything we need is bound up in him because our theology understands that God is the ultimate And everything we want or need or desire is found in him and him alone. It's not about our desires, our success, even our own happiness. It's all about bringing glory to God. And so that's sort of my way of understanding if a theology is sound or if it's going in the wrong direction is, does it focus on God's desires for his people or does it focus on a people's desires and at times even using God to fulfill those people's desires. In other words, who is the true God in someone's belief system? So at this point, I hope it's clear that we can't escape theology. We need to have good theology. And we even have an idea of what good theology is going to look like. The important question now is, how do we find it? And this is where our understanding of theology versus practical theology is going to come back into play. Because as followers of Jesus Christ, we've been given the Holy Spirit. And he is there in us, helping us mature and grow and become more and more like Christ. So, anytime we truly sit down and study God and are just trying to learn more about him, love him more, grow deeper in our relationship with him, every kind of theology will immediately become practical theology. In other words, any study of God is going to become a study of how does my understanding of God affect how I live my life? 
And this is important because, again, a lot of people have this very dry, boring, academic understanding of theology. But the important distinction is that anyone can study God. Anyone can crack open the Bible. Anyone can go to a Bible college, read hundreds upon hundreds of theology books. Anyone can do that. But only those who have the Holy Spirit can be changed by what they are understanding and learning. And this is why theology is so important, because true theology isn't an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's not an instinct. It all begins in our mind. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, it says, And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So here we have the heart, soul, and the mind. And this isn't a statement on what we are necessarily composed of. What Christ is getting at here is that everything that makes us who we are, the very core of our being, is what is supposed to love God. So a lot of times we think, oh, with all our heart, we need to love God with our emotions. We need to feel this thing. But biblically, that's not what the heart is. The heart is sort of the center of your being. It's who you are. And so when Christ is talking about loving God with our heart and our soul and our mind, he's saying everything about us must be focused and directed towards God because that's all there is. But what we often miss here is the mind. We love God with our mind. Our mind isn't just this thing that gets in the way. It's not this secular hindrance that gets in the way of our relationship with God. It's actually one of the core foundations of our relationship with him. And so when it comes to using our minds and studying theology, understanding things, digging deep, that is completely inseparable from knowing who God is. Our minds will let us better understand who God is and what that means for our everyday life. Because theology is important for our everyday life. It's not something that we just prepare for whenever we play a game of Bible trivial pursuit. It's not just useless knowledge that we store up and hoard and do nothing with. The whole idea and the whole purpose of studying God, of understanding God, of drawing closer to him by what we learn is to put it into practice. So in 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul says, To make every effort to present yourself before God as a proven worker who does not need to be ashamed, teaching the message of truth accurately. Now when we look at that verse, and we look at it again, and we look at it a third time, it's very clear that we as Christians are called to teach and defend the truths of God. And the number one problem that a lot of Christians face, and it's something that I talked about in my first episode on why we believe what we believe, is that Christians don't know how to understand or defend their faith well. They can't explain it well. They have a basic idea, but it's bogged down with a lot of opinions and bad sources. And their understanding of God comes from a lot of places, but very few of them actually end up coming from the Bible. And that runs us into a lot of trouble because if we're going to explain or defend our faith to our kids or our friends when social issues come up, or even when we're giving the gospel, the more we understand God and the more that affects our lives, the more that's going to pour out into our interactions with others, the more that's going to show and be useful as we are talking to people about this thing that we insist is radically life-changing and so important about who we are. But not only does it let us better understand our own faith, it also serves to protect us. 
by understanding the truth of who God is, we will have a better understanding of who God is not. And in 2 Corinthians 10.5, Paul says, We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, the more we understand God, the more we understand true life-changing theology, the less tolerant we're going to be of beliefs that don't run in line with that. And I don't mean less tolerant as in we're not going to be kind to people or we won't associate with people. What I mean is that our own minds, our own hearts, our own lives are not going to be able to accept and integrate with beliefs about God that we know are false, not because of opinion, not because of what our pastor or our mom and dad or a celebrity pastor said, but because the truths we've seen in the Bible tell us that the idea that God is a tyrant or that God is a kindly grandfather who wants to just love on us and nothing else, or even the idea that God just wants to forgive everyone or wants everyone to live a better life, those things won't make sense for our understanding of God because we've seen who God is in the Bible as he's truly revealed himself to us. And not only that, it lets us check ourselves. And that's one of the best things about theology for Christians is that whenever we start thinking wrongly, whether it's how we react to sickness and death or a job loss, when it comes to picking a spouse or raising our children, or even whether we should watch a TV show, those lies that we tell ourselves, that sin nature of ours that wants to keep popping up, we can tell when that's happening because it is going to be so against what we understand about truth and especially about the truth of God. So in the end, the big question is, do Christians really need theology? Yes, because we can't escape it. Everyone has a theology. We can get a bad theology by making our source of truth come from the world, or our own personal feelings, or by surrounding ourselves with teachers who will just tell us what we want to hear because it makes us feel good, because it tickles our ears, or we can find good theology. And in the end, while bad theology can come from anywhere, good theology has one source, and that's God's Word. By reading and understanding the Bible well, so that we can truly see God as he's revealed himself to us, we're going to get a much more full and clear and meaningful view of who he is. And when we have that full view of God, it changes us so radically because when we're confronted with the truth, we have to make the choice of, Will I accept this truth and let it change me, or will I force myself to reject it because I don't like it? And as Christians, our entire new life in Christ starts by rejecting all these lies that we want to believe about the world and about life and accepting a core truth of, I am a sinner before a holy God. I can do nothing to save myself. Only Jesus Christ can offer salvation, and the only way he offers that is by dying on the cross for my sins. And so when we ask Christ to save us, what we're really saying is, God, I reject all these lies I've believed for 10 years or 50 years. God, I want your truth. I mean, that's the beginning of our theology. And so why would we not continue a life like that where we love truth no matter what it costs us, where we are willing to reject the lies no matter how comforting they may be? We start our Christian lives wanting more of God. And every day, that's going to continue. Some days may be better than others, but always, 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 and especially as we study theology, especially as we dig into the Bible, 
listen to good quality teachers as we are praying and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us and more than that, want us to obey that truth and surrender, the more that we're going to devote our lives to loving and serving God because what else can we do? And what's incredible about theology is that it's not a one-and-done thing where you reach a certain level of learning and understanding and you can just check it off your list and say, aha, I'm done. Because theology isn't some kind of accomplishment. It's not like a college degree where you get enough learning that you can feel good about yourself or you can have a certificate. Theology is simply, I want to know more about who God is and I want to use what I understand and what he teaches me in order to change my life so that I can love him and pursue him even more, so that I can learn even more. And from there, when I learn even more about him, it changes even more of my life. And that's what theology is. Theology is simply, God, I want to grow closer to you. I want you to change my life. So yes, we need theology. We need good theology because good theology creates a good relationship with our Heavenly Father through the power of the Holy Spirit given to us by Jesus Christ. And in the end, some people may say, well, doesn't that get boring? Doesn't it get old? I mean, the Bible only has so many words. There's only so much about God that you can understand. And when we think that way, we miss so much of who God is because God is so infinite. There is so much to understanding him, so much depth in the Bible that we can spend hundreds of years studying it and not even reach the end of it. And I'd like to really just wrap this up with what Paul says in Romans 11.33, and I think he says it perfectly. Oh, the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. This has been an audio recording from Onward in the Faith. You can support this ministry every month by going to patreon.com slash onwardinthefaith. This episode was an expanded discussion of an article that originally appeared on my blog at onwardinthefaith.com. You can find the links for the original article and my Patreon by visiting the show notes. Thank you for listening to Onward in the Faith, a Christ-centered podcast for your heart and mind.